Oh, God, thank you for, for David, the shepherd who composed that beautiful, beautiful psalm. And that line, we'll not forget it, Father. We're tucking it in our hearts. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. No matter what lies ahead, we go with you, and you go with us. Stay with us right now as we plunge into your word and the word of Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised with the people coming up to me. Not just the question, but the people asking the question. Apparently, we're all doing a lot of deep thinking now. And the question was not always phrased this way. In fact, I don't think it was ever phrased this way, but I can take all the questions and, and condense them to this, this, single, this, this single line. Can you get there from here? Question mark. And I know immediately what they're talking about. They're talking about, you know what, I grew, in a, I grew up in a church where, where the Bible teaching of Jesus' soon second coming was a big deal, and I got to wonder right now, hey, preacher, what do you think? Can, is there a clear shot here? Can we get there from here? Whew. The here that we're surviving together today in households around the world is this, of course, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. Let's be real. Let's be honest. You know what this pandemic has done? It has shot an arrow of icy fear through the heart of culture, through the heart of society, through the heart of sports, through the heart of this nation, through the heart of the planet, through the heart of the church, to the place now we're watching the Dow Jones average. We're watching the S&P. We're, we're watching the NASDAQ. We're watching these equity markets plummeting while everybody stands helplessly by. Wow. It's enough to take your breath away, I'll tell you. And probably enough to take your retirement away, too, come to think of it. This is, this is a strange time, folks. We've even become, have you noticed this? We've become afraid of each other. <laughs> Three feet. Oh, now it's six feet. And you, you notice we're, we're really trying to, to model that to you. We're afraid. It's not so much about being six feet apart, we're, we're, but we're worried about being six feet under. Will I contract this coronavirus? Am I going to die from it? And what about her? She looks, a little, she looks a little ill today. Look at him. Look at his eyes. Ooh, does he have it? We're all asking these questions. We've kind of gone crazy with this, with this, this fear thing. And what about my children? Well, that's a very good question. And what about my aged grandparents? And, 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 and what about my fellow employees? And what about my roommate? Uh, what about the neighbors? And so we've moved into this very necessary social isolation, but in the isolation that leaves us alone. And then we wonder, what's happening next? Can you get there from here? Could it be? Four months ago, you think about it, you could have predicted this, and not, there would not be a soul today that would have believed you. <laughs> Are you serious? 2,000 years ago, Jesus predicted it, and we better believe it. Welcome to the world of 2020. Open your Bible with me to a line, red-letter line Jesus spoke, the Gospel of Luke. You find your Bible. You can't use a device you're looking on now, maybe, but uh, grab a Bible near you. 
And if you need a device, pull it out. Luke chapter 21, the words of Jesus. Let him speak. Let's let him speak to our fearful hearts. Luke chapter 21. I'm in the New International Version. Whatever Bible you have, just keep near that book for the rest of the journey. That's the deal. All right, Jesus speaking, verse 25. This is Luke 21. This is Tuesday. He'll be dead on Friday, okay? So this is the time context. Verse 25, and there will be signs. This is a chapter called the Little Apocalypse. He's, predict- he's giving us the indicators when, he's- when he will come. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Here comes verse 26. People will faint from terror apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. What you just read is pandemic fear. And if we're not careful, the fear will become the pandemic and not the virus. And Jesus is warning about that. The psyche of the human race just before I come, endemic fear. Oh, wow. I mean, you look at all those mental health descriptors that we just read, anguish, perplexity, fainting from terror, apprehensive. Snapchat just announced Thursday this week that it's adapting its app so that now you can go to Snapchat and there will be, there will be, there will be protocol to deal with your mental health crisis. America is experiencing a mental health crisis. It's called fear, pandemic Like I say, welcome to 2020. I got a text from a friend of mine this week. I'll read it to you. My pastor, there isn't an answer for this, but just need a space to share my own thoughts. I'm just struggling to wrap my mind around this thing. Is this what pestilence looks like? Pause button right there. Pestilence, what are you talking about? I'll show you what he's talking about. It's in the same chapter. So here we were in verse 26, but just go back to verse 11. We'll pick it up in verse 10. Then Jesus said to his disciples, okay, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. We know that one. Verse 11, there will be great earthquakes. Those of you on the West Coast know that one. Famines and pestilences in various places and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What was that word? That word was pestilence. You just read it. Does pestilence include coronavirus, COVID-19? Well, why wouldn't it include coronavirus? I mean, we've had pestilences before. We've had, we've had uh, swine flu. We've had H1N1. We've had SARS, the severe acute respiratory syndrome. We've, we have MRSA, which is a highly resistant strain of bacterial infection. Don't worry. That sign was not misplaced. Now, my, my friend goes on in his text. So he, so he asks the question, is this what pestilence looks like? Then he, then he writes, then... Then another financial breakdown? All that's missing is a natural disaster and a big war, and he has an emoji kind of scrunched face. I'm not even 40, he writes, and I've, ex- and I've experienced in my adult life terrorism, two massive financial collapses, two recessions, and one on the way, and a host of record-breaking natural disasters. What in the world? End quote. Good question. What in the world is going on? Put it on the screen again for us. People will faint from terror. Like the old King James reads, men's hearts failing them for fear, apprehensive of what is coming on the world because nobody knows what's next. You'd be a billionaire if you knew. But Jesus knew. And by the way, it's that unknown. You know what human fear is always caused by? Always 
It's fear of the unknown. We're living with it now. So here's the question. Could this be a dress rehearsal for the big one? Maybe, maybe this is us rehearsing. Some of you live on the side of this country where the big one is known and talked about. Is this a dress rehearsal? Let me, let me, let me rephrase the question. Could this be the big one? That's a sobering thought. Before answering that, and I'm going to attempt to, we need to talk about this social isolation mandate. This concept of social distancing is not just about three feet and six feet. Let's just get this clear. Let me join on the big bandwagon that has been roaring by us these last few days. This is about taking seriously, isolating ourselves from potential carriers and spreaders of the coronavirus. That's what it's about. You may have it. I may have it. I don't want it from you, and you don't want it from me. That's why we're doing this. Now, Pastor Rodley shared this with me this week. It's, it's a piece written by a computer specialist who describes, in, in, the, in the light of the pandemic we're going on right now, he describes the phenomenon of geometric progression. Viruses multiply, you know this, by, by geometric progression. One becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and on and on and on. Viruses go viral. That's what the word means, viral. It just goes viral. I want you to read this piece. I'm not going to summarize it for you. I don't have the time. I want you to read it. I'm going to put my Twitter address on the screen right now. All right? You see it there? At Dwight K. Nelson. That'll take you to my homepage. The f- you go down four tweets. I just, between services, counted them. You go down four tweets. The f- down is a retweet. And you're looking for this title, The Sober Math Everyone Must Understand About the Pandemic. I sent that to, to everyone that uh, comes to... Uh, they use the word follower, and I really don't like that word, but uh, that's what it is. I sent it to Karen. I sent it to my kids, their spouses. I'm giving it to you right now. At Dwight K. Nelson. Twitter. Don't look up it. Don't look, look it up now. But what's the point? This seemingly... Listen, listen. This seemingly slow, meandering coronavirus, COVID-19 thing, in 30 days could overwhelm this nation and the healthcare system in America 30 days if we do not practice social distancing and friendly isolation. And by the way, governors are now stepping in saying we're, we're going to mandate that isolation. And the rumors are rampant. I got texts yesterday from people saying, hey, it's coming nationally. How do I know? But let's not have... We don't, have a, we don't need to leave the have the government tell us to isolate. We're trying to protect each other. Listen, you're not alone. You got your phone. You got the internet. You have FaceTime, Skype. You can be in electronic touch with anybody on this planet. But you know who I'm concerned about? I'm concerned about the people that don't have that. They don't use that. And it's going to start feeling awfully lonely for them. That's why I'm very, very pleased that our Board of Elders this week launched a strategy to be in touch with the most vulnerable members of our parish, and we've printed their names off. Too late. We know your age. There are people in the 70s, people in the 80s, people in the 90s, and we have people in the 100s. Those are the most vulnerable. 
Not because they did something wrong, but just because that's the way this virus works. Although, come on, some of you are very young. You're young adults watching right now. And you say, hey, not me. Ooh, you're not watching the news. They're coming in now at all ages. So let's not do this little it's not me thing. Anyway, the elders are going to be calling you up. If you're in that category, they're, they're going to be calling you up. They're going to be saying, how are you doing? I just wanted to let you know we're thinking about you. We haven't forgotten you. The church is empty. We miss you. We hope you miss us. There were 420-some names that we, we have isolated, and they're going to be divvied up. And they're going to pray with you, and they're going to assure you that Jesus is with you. You're not going through this thing alone. No, you're not. In fact, we have a group now working on this strategy. Well, I thought this was good. They're, they're, they're going to do the grocery shopping for you. That's the deal. They're not going to buy it for you. You'll have to give them a check because you're the generation that still not, knows how to write a check. But they'll go to the store. They'll keep you out of circulation. You don't want to be bumping into people that may be carriers. And they'll, they'll arrange a way for you to make that payment. And by the way, let me tell you, you go to, go to our website. It says COVID-19, this big gold bar at the top. Click on that. Drop down to the latest e-letter. Go to the bottom of the e-letter. You can sign up. And I'm talking to, to the rest of you, not in that uh, vulnerable category. You can sign up to actually help people. Hey, I'd be willing to go. I had a guy, one of our media team, tell me in between services, I want to do that. Okay, well, go to that place. COVID virus. Go drop down. COVID-19. Drop down the e-letter. And you can just give your name. I'll be happy to help. We can help. We don't want you to be alone. Late last night, I got a text from my friend, Dominique. She runs the uh, Health and Wellness Center, the Andreasen Center here on, on campus. She said, Dwight, I needed you to know. I'm, I'm, I formed a little group called Sozo, S-O-Z-O. In the, in the Greek, it means to save. Sozo crew. We're going to be the saving crew. And I'm enlisting people to join it. You got to go to the Facebook, to the group page, Sozo Crew. Just write that down because it's not on the screen. Sozo Crew. And uh, you go there and you can join. She's doing the same thing. We're going to marshal everybody to look out for those that need special attention. The deal is we're going to make it. We're going to make it together. God is with us. Listen, let's just be clear about that. But we are going to need to strictly adhere to the rate radical social distancing our medical and health officials are recommending. I'm watching Margaret Brennan on Face the Nation this week, and she has, he's kind of become a rock star now. He's, he's a short little doctor named Dr. Fauci, and he always stands to the right of the president, and he'll, he'll speak into the mics. So she's talking to him. She said, Dr. Fauci, would you get on a plane now and fly just domestically, we're talking about, and you know what he said? No, I wouldn't get on a plane now. I have no control over what I'm breathing. Well, would you, would you take your wife out to a restaurant and have a little meal together? He said, no, I, I can't control who's in that space. Listen, if the medical authorities are telling us radical isolation, we got to believe it. You're doing the right thing. Don't capitulate. We'll get an all clear one of these days. We're praying. Keeping yourself out of circulation from those who might be contaminated is the critical game plan. But clearly, this is no game. What if it's not a rehearsal? What if it's the big one? Getting back to that question that's come to me in multiple forms, and we're asking it this way. Regarding the second coming, can you get there from here? Can you get there from here? Now I'm going to talk real heart to heart with you. There's no study guide here, but I want you to think with me. In fact, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a, a time stamp on this moment right now. It's March 21, 2020. 
I know nothing beyond March 21, 2020. I know, all, I know this behind today. But based on where we are on this day, I've been brooding. I've been praying. And in my mind, there's been, there's begun to develop a checklist. I jumped up from prayer, and I scribbled a few down. So I'm going to pass it for what it's worth, all right? Who am I? I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I watch the times as you do. Okay, so let me run these by you. Number one, for the first time in my life, the nations of earth are united in one common and desperate effort to eradicate a crisis. True or false? You tell me. It's true. Check. Number two, nations heretofore enemies or antagonists are now united around a common agenda, a common threat. Check. Number three, mutual suffering has united very strange bedfellows like the United States and Iran. Who would have, who would have thought this four months ago? Number four, in a matter of days, in 200-plus languages, peoples were united to join forces in the elimination of a common foe and a perceived danger. A foe some are choosing to identify now with a people. Intentionally choosing to call the coronavirus COVID-19 the Chinese virus. Ah, oh, but do I come up? We've always done that. We've had, the, uh, we've had the Mexican virus. We've had the Spanish flu. You're right, we have. A century ago. We don't do that now. I had an Asian student on this campus, before the campus was shut down, in my church office. And he said, you know something, Pastor, in the midst of all of this? It feels like we're getting blamed for it. Well, I'm an Asian, 14 years in Japan, born and raised there. Yeah, it would feel weird, wouldn't it, if who you are is how they identify the calamity. But let's be honest. In a time of trouble, and I'm using that phrase intentionally because I don't have to unpack the meaning of that phrase to you. In a time of trouble, it has been an historical reality that the minorities or a minority has been easy to pick to receive the rap for what the rest of society is suffering. All I have to say is Germany and Adolf Hitler and the Jews. We know. History is clear. In times of crises, somebody is picked out and made the scapegoat. And suddenly, in World War, before World War II, in the 30s, the Jews became this social pariah. We'll just move you away. Elimination. This dark strategy is as old as the earth. I remind you, on the eve of Jesus' death, the high priest of the religion that ruled the land of Palestine the high priest, Caiaphas, stood before the Supreme Court, the Sanhedrin, and he spoke these words. Put them on the screen for us. It is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. Blaming 
the minority for the suffering of the majority. Hmm. I suppose in a time of national calamity, even here, that argument could be presented before a hastily assembled Supreme Court. Yeah. Just think. Think. That's all I need to say. I repeat, it happened in Hitler's Germany. Could it happen here? All it would take is a calamity large enough and a leader desperate enough to shift the blame for the calamity on a minority that refuses to yield its convictions. So let's not fool ourselves that it cannot happen here. The point, thanks for asking, you can get there from here. Then is this a big one, Dwight? Oh, it doesn't feel like it, does it? But then again, four months ago, we never would have guessed our predicament today. Now, would we have? Let me share a tweet from a young friend of mine. His name is Sean Brace. He's a young pastor in the Northeast. He just tweeted this a few days this week. I'll put it on the screen for you. I thought a rather bright observation. See what you think. Suddenly, Sean Brace writing. He was a student here at Andrews University. I had him in a preaching class. He was a young, he was an undergrad uh, leader on this campus. Sean's writing, suddenly all the end time scenarios I've heard all my life don't seem that far-fetched or implausible. It's crazy how quickly everything changes. Even as recent as a week ago, many of them seemed outlandish and unimaginable, end quote. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, therein lies the inescapable point. You got it. That's it right there. Can you get there from here? Are you kidding? And by the way, from here to there, we used to think from here to there would take a whole lot of time. Could it be that from here to there doesn't take much time at all? Think about it. Don't just sit here and suffer in the midst of this calamity. You grew up in a church that taught Jesus is coming soon. I know you did, or you wouldn't be on this live stream. It's time to rethink what you grew up with. Wow. I want to end with the, that, that, that uh, text message from my, my other young friend. I'll pick it up right where he left off. Okay? So back, it's not on the screen. I got it right here. I remember a thought you shared. He, so he's texting me. I remember a thought you shared a few years ago, how it would take just the right kind of crisis, and suddenly the world flips, and things just pick up more momentum, and then Jesus is here. And I would love, he, he's texting to me, I would love Jesus to be here. I would love the great controversy to be case closed with the character of God cleared and the Lamb of God to be praised. But Dwight, the prayer on my heart is we need more time. Should we, be, should we be praying and asking for more time? There are so many who don't know about Jesus. There are so many who are sitting in the valley of indecision, he calls it. And how many do we know who've turned away, who are just one phone call, one text message, one compassionate act away from turning back to Jesus? I'm wrestling with this prayer, this call to mercy. End quote. He's absolutely right. You will never pray the prayer, come now and get me. There's not a parent alive who would pray that prayer. There's not a loving roommate or class, classmate or neighbor that would pray that prayer, just come now and get me. We can't pray that prayer 
The boy is right. We need to be pleading for mercy. Stop this virus. Stop the endemic. Stop the pandemic. We need to reach the people who are, how did he put it? The people who are one text message, one compassionate act, one phone call away from turning back to Jesus. Those are the people we need to be talking about right now, not worrying about how do I like being shut up in my house. This is no longer about you and me. Yes, we suffer. Elijah suffered right in the middle of the worst crisis in Israel. You don't get out, you don't get a get out of jail free card. Well, you don't have to do the gospel commission. No, 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 no. You just, you just take care of yourself. I want to tell you something. I have some news for you. Jesus is not coming back until the world gets reached and the church does the reaching because the reaching is part of the strategic plan to change the hearts of the church. That would be you and that would be me. Here's a stunner for you. One line, Ellen White, a century ago. I'll put it on the screen. Take a look at this. The work which the church has failed to do in a time of peace and prosperity. <laughs> peace and prosperity. Peace and prosperity. Here we are. You know the, the, uh, the time stamp. Here we are. Could it be peace and prosperity now? To find it, you go this way. You don't go this way now. Read it again. The work which the church has failed to do in a time of peace and prosperity, she will have to do in a terrible crisis under most discouraging, forbidding circumstances, end quote. What we have not done in a time of peace and prosperity, guess what? We don't get to skip it now. We just forget sharing the, the Savior Jesus with our friends in our little worlds. We don't have to do it now. We're going straight to heaven. You're not going to heaven, and I'm not going to heaven until this world gets reached, and it has to be the church, because the church has a vital mission and message that has to go. We have to do it. I'm sorry. There is no card that gets us out of it, which is why we need to pray. Oh, we need to pray. Do you know that the churches of southwestern Michigan, which is where we are right now, are banding together today? This afternoon at 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock this afternoon, I'll put it on the screen for you. We're calling it a symphony of prayer, a symphony of prayer. Why are we praying together? Obvious, obvious reasons. You're in your home, I'm in mine. You're in your dorm room or your trailer, your apartment or your hotel room, and the symphony of prayer is asking, pleading with God. To have mercy on America and the world and save the lost. There are lost people you know. You're not so far removed that you have totally isolated yourself in a little Adventist community and you know no lost people. I know you know. Those are the people to ask God to start placing on your heart. God, give me a burden for these. I've been looking out only for myself. What about them? How do we reach people that don't even know they're in a critical condition right now and that if they don't Meet Jesus. They're gone. 4 p.m. I don't care what time zone you live in, where you are in the world right now, join us. Join us in this earnest prayer. Gather your little family around you. You say, Dwight, I'm all alone. Like we saw one of the pictures a moment ago. You go. Get on the phone. You got a kindred spirit that believes like you believe. Call that person up and say, hey, let's pray right now, you and me. It's time to pray. Is this a big one? Or what if it were? What are we doing? What are we doing? Pray for our leaders. 
Pray for the termination of the coronavirus. We got work to do. It still has to be done. Why do I have to do this, Dwight? Because Jesus is coming soon. That's why. Jesus is coming soon. Do you understand that? The other day, that thought just swept over me, and it just was like like electricity. Jesus is coming soon. Because you can get there from here. The pieces are in place. But the four winds are being held back by the angels of heaven saying, no, 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 they're not ready. Come on, wake up, wake up. Oh, I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for the church like I've never prayed for the church before. Not because I'm some good guy. No, but because I live for this church. This church church has been my life. We can't be lost. We can't be asleep. We can't just blow this thing off. Oh, you got to let Jesus. You say, Dwight, you're just hyping this up. No, I'm not. Come on. Let's take the bad. We'll deal with the bad news one more time. Verse 26. Let's read this. I'm going to show you something. The news just keeps getting better. So here's the bad news. Verse 26. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Now, here comes good news. This is verse 27. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And guess what? Here comes verse 28. Even the better news, the best news, verse 28, and when you see these things begin to take place, stand up, Jesus says, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Can you believe that? That is a posture of hope, by the way. He says, stand up. Come on. Don't be huddled over. You stand up. Put your head up, boy. Don't look like you're, you're the last guy on this planet. Put your head up, girl. Stand up. Lift up your head because I am coming to redeem you. I'm coming back. <laughs> Hallelujah. We have hope. We have, like that that old fervent Adventist anthem, we have this hope. We do. Never forget it. In the midst of this dark night, never forget it. We have hope. And the best is yet to come. I promise you, the best is yet to come because Jesus is coming. That's why. My, oh, my, oh, my. In fact, I'm going to ask you to stand where you are right now. Stand up, and we're going to sing this with fervor. Now, listen, don't stand just yet. I'm getting you ready because you're getting comfortable on that couch. I'm going to ask you to stand in just a moment. But there's an electronic connect card, and this is really important now. You've already, you're on our webpage, and it says, you know, if you look, there are little tabs, and the first tab says uh, overview of the uh, live streaming service. The next tab over says connect. C- click on connect. There is the connect. Go all the way to the bottom of the page. There is the connect card. There's some steps to take. Next steps. Notice these, please. Next step number one. I realize that in the midst of the state of emergency, you can get there from here. Check. I'm saying, I'm checking that. I hope you'll check it. Here comes box number two. I believe Jesus is coming soon. Check. I'm checking that. I hope you're checking it as well. Here comes box number three. I will make a list of people to love back to him. And don't you be waiting for us to send you something to make that list. You have everything you need. You have that little smartphone. Start making a list of the people that need to know Jesus before the big one brings everything to a crashing halt. You know that list. Check. I will join me in doing that. Check. I will make a list. And finally, there's box number three, four rather. Pray for me. You see that? Pray for me. Here is what's keeping me back. Here is what's keeping me from coming back to him. Here's what's keeping me from coming back to him. Do you know what? Jesus is coming back for you. But there's something keeping you from coming back to him. What is it? 
If you put that there, because you already know what it is, you just thought about it. If you put that there and give me an email address on the other side, you don't even have to put your name. If you put that there, I will personally pray for you. There's something holding you back. You've grown up with this. I saw some people this week who have grown up with it. But the look of terror on their faces is just, I will never forget it. They've grown up with this. But they're, they, they have, they're, there's nothing beneath them. There's no hope. They have, they have forgotten. You may be in that group. There's something holding you back from Jesus. Whatever your conscience is telling you right now, I agree with your conscience. You need to surrender that to Jesus. Look at Calvary. What's Calvary? Calvary is where they nailed Jesus' arms in a wide-open embrace so that whenever you look at the cross, there he is saying, come to me, please. Don't wait. Don't wait. Come to me. So whoever you are, and most of you grew up in this faith community, if there's something holding you back, I'm appealing to you on behalf of the Lord Jesus himself. Let it go, that ball and chain. He, give it to him. He can break that chain and save your life. But he has to have your permission. What are you waiting for? Easter? Don't wait that long. Do it now. We have hope. Jesus is coming. Ready or not, here I come. That will be the day. Oh, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. It'll be too late then. Do it now.